boogeyman. As a matter of fact, it was. The third Never commercial, been. it's still Watch. the police. Watch. Take off the third channel, the third channel. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! How can a man do this, little Stop me. It isn't a man. <laughs> what is he? Evil. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? do that for so I can kill him so the day has come uh, <laughs> this this one is um, of all our episodes in this marathon right this is the one I was dreading and also looking forward to the most <laughs> yeah uh, because I knew this would kind of be a slog to watch <laughs> And I was pleasantly surprised. I'll say that. <laughs> you were pleasantly surprised? I was, I, um, I've, so I've never seen all these movies back to back like we did. Because mm-hmm. we, we watched all of these in like what? We figured it was like five and a half hours. Oh, yeah. Just somewhere nothing around there. but this. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching them back to back is so funny to me because you think that you would like oh you you just watched it you'd remember you can figure out what's going on we didn't we the whole time we were like what's that why is he doing this what's that mean how is he related to them so let's let's journey into it and let's try to rationalize um the creative decisions yeah because i don't know i i feel like i had a handle on these three for some reason but i haven't even watched them like i just heard about them and i've seen clips from them so i was like oh, okay i get it like these won't these won't be so bad but like i feel like i'm more confused after watching it than i was bef- like before like right, i agree like I, it's so bizarre to me it, it's it was baffling i i think there was a lot of times when we were watching it where we're just like yeah like you said we're just so effing confused it's like (laughs) yeah we're like constantly asking questions yeah (laughs) and we were certain the movie never gave us even the answers (laughs) so so let's start with halloween 4 the return of michael myers oh man and boy, um, is it a return? Let me tell it's, you. It's the return. Um, <laughs> because Halloween 3 made no money, I guess. <laughs> so they're like, fuck, get Michael back. I know it's sad. Because I, I just, I feel like they really just were like, you know what? Halloween 3 sucked. Only because it didn't make money. When yeah, really it was, was a good movie. Oh, yeah. I think it, I think it's, it's very underrated. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And now they're just like... We got to go back to that well. Let's mine more Michael Myers. Yeah. People want it. People need it. <laughs> um, I, I will say I like Halloween 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'd say it's it's just a step above okay. Like, it's good. <laughs> like, it's nothing to go crazy about. Yeah. But I think it actually um, takes it in a new direction. Mm. Um, minus all the vague cult stuff that's mentioned <laughs> uh, but just like the premise yeah it's like okay you can definitely tell that they were like they were definitely looking back at what made people like halloween franchise in the first place because it, yeah. it really feels very inspired by the first movie 
in tone. And they recreate a lot of the same scenes, or they try to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's tons of scenes, especially early on, that just feel like copied directly from the original, mm-hmm. which I guess is a knock against it, but at least they try. And that's, I think that gets even worse in 5 and 6. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get less but, competent as it, at it as it goes yeah. along. I think that's the key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow they get more convoluted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the plot uh, summary of Halloween Four. Um, this one's actually very straightforward. Is that uh, Laurie Strode? I guess had a daughter, and which I had to look up because I don't remember the movie telling us. But apparently, Laurie Strode died in a car accident off screen. Oh, I don't remember that at all. What they? I don't remember that either. I had to Google it. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Halloween Wiki. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she died in a car accident off screen, bet- somewhere between two and four. Oh, and okay. she had a kid in the meantime. Weird. Now, Jamie uh, is her daughter who was adopted by this family and has a nice uh, older sister, Rachel. Uh, and Rachel like, kind of becomes, I guess, the Lori of the story. Yeah, I, she's, she, I think she's pretty similar to Lori. Yeah, she's kind of like the good kid. Mm-hmm. Michael uh, comes back. He he was in a coma since two, and he's all burnt up because, oh, they show us that hand. He's burnt up hand so many times. They really want us to remember Halloween too. <laughs> Apparently. They're like, we're not stupid. We do remember that he blew up. Yeah. Okay, we made his hand a little burnt. All right. We're giving you that. We put on that little uh, Spirit Halloween burn prosthetic. <laughs> yeah, that's all his, we did. Onto the back of his hand. Not this, just the back of his hand, not the palm. Just the back of his hand. Right. Yeah. That's, that's too much work to put on the palm, I think. So Michael hears that he has a niece and wakes up and is set out to kill her. And that is essentially the plot. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. And he kills all of her friends and people around her and as chases him. Yeah. It's like, it is the original Halloween. Except this one, the, well, this is, we noticed a very drastic shift, I think, in Michael's personality, <laughs> if you could call it that. Or maybe, maybe his MO. His MO. Yeah. Because he kills a lot of people that he doesn't need to kill. Yeah. And I think that gets escalated even more in five. <laughs> uh, like in four, um, he kills the entire police station for some reason. Oh, yeah. That was bizarre. And there's no reason for him to. No. I'm, I, I guess you could say he like wanted to like take out all the possible threats to him like before yeah. they could become a threat. But all the rest of his behavior is so random like in the movie yeah like, it's hard to rat put him in a like rationalize him as like a thinking human mm-hmm. being when really it's just for suspense and the movie goers enjoyment mm-hmm. like everything that he's doing yeah and you know there's always like i feel like there's that horror joke uh that you always see on like facebook of like michael myers like teleporting <laughs> or like they're always like how come michael myers only walks and then suddenly he's right behind him mm-hmm. whoa yeah you know um, I think four, five, and six are directly related to that <laughs> because because you watch one and the time makes sense yeah. where Michael gets to these places. But seriously, in four and especially five, Michael literally just teleports. Oh yeah, they don't even it's care. Like, it's like he's playing like an RTS <laughs> and he's like managing all the units, you know, and he just like pops up. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it definitely continues that trend of oh, like when you think of the first one, it's like it it everything about it is methodical. Like at all yeah. times as the viewer, you know where Michael is. Like mm-hmm. and that's what makes it scary because you know he's somewhere in that house, you know he's somewhere on this street, you see him in the background. But yeah, and like two started it and then this is like he's just here. Like there's no He's just, he's going to pop in and kill someone. There are so many jump scares where um, someone is scared for no reason. Oh my God. Yeah. Terrible. Or I think that's more five, but four. Yeah. He, Michael just like pops up mm-hmm. and kills people. Yeah. And just not even related. They did. They do attempt some of the buildup and tension stuff in this mm-hmm. more so than five and six. Definitely. But yeah. still it's like, it's definitely continuing that like downward slide. <laughs> yeah it just and this is what um i'm gonna say it right now and i'm gonna kind of come back on this point and mm-hmm. i've said it many times is that what halloween four five and six suffer from is them trying to do something different from one but they don't want to stray too far from it right so it just becomes this boring mess of vague things <laughs> that doesn't make sense yeah like this is when they start introducing the thorn yeah like we see that runic symbol but they never go into that (laughs) and loomis starts talking about michael's rage even though loomis has no idea like we never see loomis learn about this no it's it's so strange and it's never like set up that way like i don't know about you but like when i watched that first movie i never thought like oh man michael he's so angry like yeah i never got that impression like if anything what he's doing is like sexual if you're gonna really interpret it that way like he seems yeah, to be motivated he's by a serial s- killer right he he never was like oh man i can tell he's so angry at laurie right now it's like yeah he's so pissed off i know i like never got that impression and it was so bizarre to me when we watched this and like he starts ranting about michael's rage I'm like, where the hell mm-hmm. is this coming from? I, I don't know. Like, even as a kid watching Halloween 1, I always saw Michael Moore as, like, a curious predator. Mm, yeah, that's a good way to put it's it. it's just, like, the only instinct he has is just, like, to kill. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of learning as he goes. I, um, I like that interpretation a lot. I, can, I see him in a very similar light. He really is yeah. like he's like an animal. He like acts off of animal yeah, instinct. He has very animal instinct. And I think 2018 one do, does that really well. Yes. Yeah. Because the idea is that like all Michael knows is murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, or four, five, and six, uh, input the idea that he was whispered to, to murder <laughs> people <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. But, that's but bizarre. four solidifies the whole thing that two kind of teased of michael needs to kill his bloodline yeah but they never explain why no and this is this is the achilles heel of all this whole trilogy of movies we watched is yes you can never get around that fact if you have if you keep that in your timeline it instantly makes michael less scary like instantly knowing that he is has some reason for what he's why he's killing people and that he's like a puppet right yes like it's not his own choice mm-hmm. like it like in that first movie like everything he does is so completely random like he just mm-hmm. seems to stalk people and just kill them like whenever he want to and that's like scarier than him like 
going like having some objective to it i don't know you know it's like it's so bizarre to me they would make that choice and it it just completely makes michael a joke like Mm -hmm. there's no there's no scare factor to any of these three movies especially six yeah definitely six six. is not scary at all no when they yeah when they start delving into that cult shit it's like oh god (laughs) yeah it's more just perplexing (laughs) yeah really (laughs) but let's talk about our favorite part of the halloween franchise and this is where he shines (laughs) is dr loomis (laughs) yes (laughs) donald pleasance is incredible (laughs) he is just giving it his all he really is he really is he's not phoning it in no he's just he's he's clearly like gets the script and then just elevates it <laughs> like you can tell he just added like a bunch of exclamation marks after all his lines <laughs> you know he did and and like his madness it's so weird because four he's like they introduce him kind of going crazy in two yeah he's much more like uh extravagant you know and the fact that he murdered a kid mm-hmm. uh because of his like I guess commitment to stopping Michael. <laughs> and then in four, he gets even a bit crazier. Uh, like we get one of the funniest scenes in the gas station when Loomis is like oh. stopping to get gas and Michael just happened to be there to kill the mechanic so he can get his jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> like Loomis is like just in the bar and he turns around and Michael's like standing in like the kitchen mm-hmm. and Loomis just like, is staring at him monologuing and then just like shoots his entire clip into the kitchen <laughs> but then michael is just gone yeah he's just gone and loomis is like surprised <laughs> it's bizarre that was a cool shot though i will say i'm gonna give the movie was, one yeah. thing the that push-in shot when he turns around and sees michael standing in that doorway like that mm-hmm. was a neat looking shot and then I also, I watched a crap load of behind the scenes material and they were right. talking about that shot specifically and like how much setup just doing that push in shot did because mm-hmm. apparently that push in shot is like a shot from uh, vertigo. Um, oh, gotcha. So, and it's like a technique that Alfred Hitchcock created where the camera is on a dolly and it pushes in towards whatever it's doing. And at the same time, someone is changing the focus on it. So oh. the focus lines up exactly with the dolly as it's moving forward. So then the picture of Michael stays exactly the same size, but then the background and everything around him like becomes big and it like creates like an emphasis. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. A lot of work for Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. I know that's uh, like watching the, watching the back behind the scenes, like compared to, as I watched behind the scenes for every single one of these, the people that worked on four seemed to have the most passion of any of the other people who worked on any of the other ones. Like one guy I want to mention that was like, um, seemed like a pretty cool dude who is the, um, writer of this movie. Uh, his name's Alan B. McElroy. Um, Mm -hmm. you know how we were saying like, and near the beginning, it's like, Oh, it's stupid. Like that. They didn't really bother to explain like how Michael and Loomis survived that explosion in two. Yeah. Loomis just has like a little burn on his arm, right? And his half of his face, yeah, yeah, just a little charred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he he originally had a scene in the script for four, where it was the 
um, it took it was a different angle of that explosion, where basically it mm. was showing the explosion created a hole in the wall, and then Loomis got oh, blown through it. So okay, I mean he sure. at least did think about trying to create some way. So he was kind of like fixing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was trying to make From- it like. How could Loomis survive that? And he's like, this is probably the only way, like, you know. From what I was reading, it sounds like each writer was tasked to try to explain the last movie. (laughs) That's from, like, I was reading a lot of articles on, like, the making of, um, Mm -hmm. especially Six. Yeah. And it was literally just, like, uh, it it very much reminded me of, like, the recent Star Wars trilogy. (laughs) <laughs> of just retconning stuff trying to explain something <laughs> and it seemed like every writer was like tasked with that chore i know and it's almost funny to me because i feel like it's like they're like making it harder for the next person on purpose yeah. to pick up from yeah almost which makes it like it's funnier. like they're making it more complex right yeah and it's such a straightforward story <laughs> yeah it's like it's not supposed to be this epic saga really it's like no (laughs) i don't know it's just silly (laughs) but i did i really like hearing the writer talk about it because he he seemed to have like a real passion for it and like he said like he loved like halloween 2 he apparently saw that in like college so he's like when he got like tasked to do the script which he only had 11 days to write allegedly oh shit Hey, John Carpenter wrote two in one night, so... Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, he's a legend. I I guess he had a bit more time. (laughs) Yeah. But he seemed to have, like, a real passion for it, and he was like... And what's cool about it, too, is that he he said, like, everything that was in his script pretty much made it onto the screen like he would have wanted it to. That's cool. I don't think the five and six director writers could say that. No, definitely not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's it's like a it's like an okay movie overall. It's like there's a lot of yeah. like cool things here and there. One scene I think that we both laughed at that I wanted to talk about specifically was yes. um, there's a part when Loomis is out looking for Michael with the sheriff's guy. Yeah, again, like the first one. Yes. So and then he goes in the they're in the middle of the street and they're looking for Jamie, who's the little girl he's after, and Michael. Mm-hmm. And then he starts looking around, and all of a sudden, all these different people dressed as Michael Myers start coming oh out. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a prank. Yeah. And then what's funny about that is that Loomis goes, dear God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were joking as if, like, he thought Michael cloned himself. Yeah. Like, Michael, like, split. <laughs> Yeah. and made multiples of himself because we're just we were trying to think of like what was loomis thinking in that moment that yeah. made him go dear god there's multiple yeah. of them <laughs> not the like the first rational response of oh this is just a bunch of people playing a prank i know yeah <laughs> one thing i found out about this scene was apparently when they were shooting it they were they had to shoot most of this movie at night because it's like yeah Mostly takes place at night, obviously. Yeah, it's Halloween night. And I guess they have, like, in between shots, like, they'll have, like, for their stars, like, they'll have other clothing that they can wear to, like, keep them warm because it's so cold out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, for Donald Pleasance, they have this, like, hat that he would wear, like, in between shots for when he, when it was cold out and, like, so just so he didn't freeze to death out there. Well, somehow, they shot, like half of that night's scenes with him in it with that hat on oh my god and then in the middle of the night they look back at the footage and like wait 
he's wearing that hat. He's supposed to be wearing that. That's not going to match up with continuity. And so then they had to go back. And the rest of that night, they went behind schedule because they had to go back and reshoot all of those shots because he had that hat, which I think is just so interesting. And it kind of speaks to the greenhornness of the production people and how much they had like no idea what they were doing, really. Yeah, it, it just <laughs> seems like there was so much miscommunication in all yeah. of these movies. Yeah. Because we were even noticing a lot of continuity errors, too, just in mm-hmm. general. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, we noticed in 6 a lot, it almost seemed like the scenes were cut to be that way, but that wasn't what the scene was initially. <laughs> and th- this is another common, I-, I don't know if I'd call it a plot hole, maybe just, like, a weird inconsistency that never made sense to me, mm-hmm. is why the fuck is Haddonfield still selling that mask? Oh, my God, yeah. That was, yeah. It is it it is so like stupid, you know. <laughs> it makes no sense like, at it all. It just oh, like you think they want want to like distance themselves as far from it as they can, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, people just keep getting that mask, and people are just like making fun of it. Yeah, like openly, it's so weird. It's like not how humans would like react to a tragedy at all. Well, we also learned how evil the little Haddonfield children are. Oh, towards yeah. Jamie when she goes to school and they're just like Jamie's an orphan Jamie's an orphan and then one of them's just like your mom can't make you a Halloween costume because she's dead <laughs> and it's just so mean for no reason it's one of those it's like unrealistically mean children which it's always been so funny usually like kids are just like bullies on accident mm-hmm. like like Hey, Jamie, I heard your uncle's the boogeyman. What's that like? You know? (laughs) But not just like, your uncle killed people, you idiot. Wow, your mom is dead. Your mom's dead, you dumb orphan. (laughs) Yeah, they called her an orphan at one point, didn't they? Yeah, they they called her an orphan a lot. Oh, my God. And then later in the movie, like, some kids are just like, hey, Jamie, come trick or treat with us. So yeah. It was even those same kids too, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I think they had the same costume. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean Jamie is like okay, Daniel Harris is, as a kid is a great child actor. Yeah, I like her a lot. She if I think if Jamie sucked, <laughs> it, this <laughs> movie would have been a lot worse. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. But it is uh very compelling. And she does have like they kind of tease it a bit in four. She has this like kind of psychic connection. Mm-hmm. Like Michael as Michael gets closer, she kind of starts like dreaming or seeing like visions. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually quite like that plot point. Um because if, if you're gonna go in the supernatural direction, might as yeah, well do something like that. Yeah, you know? And it makes sense. Yeah. Considering that apparently Michael has a pagan curse that's in their blood, I guess. I guess I just say I think. It. We don't even. Know. I don't think the people who made the movies even know. No, they don't. I don't think they know fully. I, I don't think anyone knew. No. Well, one scene I want to talk about is the, uh, and this is what kills i think took from is the town banding together Mm. like they just see a newscast that michael's back and they're like come on larry let's get our shotguns (laughs) and then they just get in their jeeps and ride around town 
and they actually, one of them's just like, I see Michael, he's in those bushes, and they all just unload all their rifles and shotguns and pistols into this bush. <laughs> And they go, and they're like, oh, shit, that's blah, 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 just some kid. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, damn it, Earl. And then they just brush it off like it never happened. I know, everyone just moves on. Like, they just murdered somebody. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, maybe murder in Haddonfield is, like, legal, but it's just frowned upon. Yeah, it's more just, like, a taboo, but you can do it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, one thing that I, re- I will say I really do like about this ending, um is the mm. the just the ending in general i remember uh this is the one i probably seen the most when i was a kid because mm. uh, it was always on tv around like october uh, and my mom is a huge fan of the franchise so it was like always on tv mm-hmm. um and this ending always stuck with me it's where um after michael myers is killed in air quotes because <laughs> uh, he doesn't die at this point i guess <laughs> uh his like jamie touches him before the cops blow him the fuck up and Michael's soul is transferred to her or his evil. Yeah. And while her mom is like drawing her a bath, she goes in and like basically kind of mimics the opening of the first movie mm-hmm. and stabs her. Uh, and then Loomis pulls a gun on her and he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> as, and as like the cops make him not shoot this child. Oh, yeah. And then that's how the movie ends. Which I I don't know I like it's it's always comical to me just to see Donald Pleasance like yelling like yeah. that, but yeah. I actually like the ending. Like, I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's like justifiably like creepy and weird. <laughs> see, I was worried um, in the 2018 one, like the final shot, you know, when Lori and like her daughter and granddaughter are in oh, like the back of that truck. Yeah, and they the last shot is them zooming in on I think the granddaughter holding the knife. Mm-hmm. and i thought they were gonna go down that route <laughs> i was worried too but they didn't yeah luckily i think the movie just ends on a, a freeze frame of that right yeah mm-hmm. it's like okay that's fine another one last scene i wanted to talk about was the scene in the school which i think is kind of infamous oh yeah yeah, yeah. um because inexplicably during the scene when it's like a short sequence kind of edited together quickly but it's still yeah. blatantly obvious if you look at michael's mask during a scene in the school when he's grabbing loomis and throwing him down the stairs mm-hmm. he is like he has like a pink face and like blonde it's like hair skin color yeah it's i think it's what the mask is supposed to be painted as right yeah and so i i like it, this documentary i watched was actually like pretty cool because it was like for all of these movies like those like dying questions like the interviewers asked some of the people involved oh, like yeah, yeah. what happened and like they don't even mm-hmm. know <laughs> yeah and it's just it's to me it's such an oversight and it's not even something small no. either it's like the iconic face of your killer looks yeah. not correct at all and you just left it in the movie like albeit it's like a quick cuts but still it's like so obvious it's not the right mask and I think maybe they purposely cut it really quick. For yeah, that they reason. probably did. I, I, like if I was gonna guess, um, because from what I found out, uh, they would order those masks from a manufacturer, and um, when you get the masks, uh, they come like that. They mm, come they with have to paint the them pink white. skin and the blonde hair. Yeah, so then they would have to go through each one and like 
paint them. And that's why the texture of the mask in four looks like so bumpy because it's just covered in oh, a new coat of paint. Gotcha. And so like his hair too, they had to re-dye the hair. So like people, like one of the guys, I think it was one of the um, second unit directors was like theorizing like, it's like, oh yeah, maybe one night they like just like grab the mask and then no one thought about it, even though there's like 15 people on set, like looking at all this. Yeah, it's just, just it's such it. a big oversight. I know. It's like, why don't, and it's like, why don't you go back and reshoot that too when you notice it? Considering how fucked up the behind the scenes are in all these movies, I wouldn't be surprised if they were just like, whatever, I just want to go home. Yeah, they're just like, I don't care. It's, it's we, Halloween. We can four. fix it in post. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. And there's a little bit of that in five. Oh yeah, I, I um, from what I saw, from I don't know, this is my personal opinion, but I think the the fifth one is the most all over the place of the entire, this entire like Thorn trilogy we watched. Like yeah, I just feel like this is where the kind of it, the they jumped the shark officially. I think they may have jumped yeah. the shark before with the brother and sister connection thing, but this is where it was like. You're like going up into space. You're going so high that you're jumping over the shark. Like, <laughs> well, well, I mean, we were watching it. We were like halfway through, and we we're like, we're not even watching a movie. No, we were like, we're just watching scenes. Yeah, it literally, like, there's no just plots. Yeah. <laughs> like Michael is doing his own thing. Jamie is doing her own thing. The characters, I guess, we're supposed to care about are doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. It's like none of it is really connecting together, other than Michael, I guess. I'm going to do my best to explain the plot okay. <laughs> of Halloween 5. A quick, a quick synopsis. <laughs> so this is a year after Michael was killed in 4. That mm-hmm. night, Michael fell down a river, and we watched him clumsily try not to drown. <laughs> which we, I think we determined in this one, and especially in 6, whoever is doing Michael is just not good. No, like, yeah. They are just stumbling around. Mm-hmm. Like, we compared him to, like, Ghostface a lot. <laughs> like, he, he's, like, will, like, fuck up. Yeah. They get, like, the shit beaten out of him. There are just some things you do not show happening to Michael Myers. And, like, yeah. I think in 4, it was him struggling to get up onto a roof. Yeah, and then there was, um, when he's on the car and he's hanging on for his life. Oh, yeah. And she's, God, like, yeah. spinning and she's, like, turning. <laughs> Yeah, and this we have him just, like, flapping his arms in the water. <laughs> I mean, that just may be the actor trying not to drown, for all we know. Oh, yeah, I, I even, the the actor specifically of Michael Myers, who I guess for 4, 5, and 6, they wanted someone who was who was big, like over 6 foot, but could also, okay. was an experienced stuntman, so that he could do okay. a lot of these stunts. Because in 4, there's that car chase. Right, um, and they wanted someone who knew what they were doing, and so the stunt guy was talking about this scene in specific, and he said he was like legitimately afraid for his life, like doing that um, oh my ravine God. scene because of like how little like safeguards they had put in place, because like mm-hmm. it was literally like they would put him up up at the top of the ravine, right? And so his only chance of getting back on land was this net they put at the bottom. So like if he didn't catch that net, there was no nothing no other safeguards to stop him from continuing down that ravine. Imagine dying on the set of Halloween five, the revenge of Michael Myers. Yeah, how embarrassing would Imagine that be? Imagine that being your legacy. 
Right. And he said he was so scared too because the mask as well is like over his face yeah. and it's restricting your vision a lot. Oh, he said. Yeah. I'm sure. Like, and he said, when you get water in that thing, it's like you're getting waterboarded, basically. Yeah, I'm sure, like, it's really heavy, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he said that, too. So it was just crazy. So they did just send him down a river, and they're like, try not to die. <laughs> yeah, you have to grab onto this net. So I, I, maybe that's why it explains why Michael is just struggling for his life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because, like, he, it's like right after Michael gets shot a million times, too. Yeah, and blown up. Right. And it's like, I, I just highly doubt anyone, let alone Michael Myers, is going to be like aware enough after that happening to them to be like, oh, God, oh, I got to shift my oh weight God. this way. And look, can't run into a rock and get hit in my head and die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I also want to point out that they shot him like into this grave and then they dropped like a Looney Tune stick of dynamite. <laughs> it was like a bunch of dynamites tied together with a fuse yeah and i think that is so funny and that was like the swat or like the like the national guard or whatever mm-hmm. and one I, another thing i found out that's interesting about that shot of them throwing the dynamite down is that's just reused footage from um four, four that they never ended up using for yeah the they never they just showed him shooting him right because the the writer was saying like how he wanted to end four in a way that there would be no possible way Michael could survive. So he, he oh. literally like wrote it. So Michael gets shot a billion times, falls into a pit, and then they throw and dynamite into the pit. Because <laughs> he was he just didn't want Michael to come back. So then in this one, they like it it it, it really is like a real life um if you're a fan of comics, it's Commandi Challenge, which is literally a comic where the writers a different writer will write each issue. And they'll write the ending okay. of it in a way that'll screw over the next writer as much as possible. Oh, so it's like a game. Yeah, it literally is like a game. It's like a real life like movie version of the Commandi Challenge. It seems Challenge. like that's what the Halloween writers were playing and they didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they did know. Maybe that's an inside joke. I mean, you never know. Yeah, it's just like it's just a big joke. <laughs> yeah. They they took it too far with six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but michael gets saved by like a hermit man who this man is nice enough to keep him alive for a year because it is a year time jump oh my god yeah which doesn't make sense because this man would have had to like administer an iv and shit like that which oh, we don't yeah. see no not at all yeah and then a year later michael wakes up from his coma and just kills the man <laughs> which is fine that's in character i think yeah <laughs> Which I have another interesting like, little okay. factoid about the, that opening with the hermit. Because mm-hmm. originally it made more sense. Because I guess they just showed Michael straight up dying after um, what happened to him in 4 after him getting shot. Right. And then he gets picked up by like this character called Dr. Death. And then it's like some skinny guy who's like a shaman. And then I guess okay. a year later, for some reason on Halloween night, he resurrects him. Like using like oh. magic. Okay, so it is like magic, not just like this guy putting him in his bed for a year. Right, which makes more sense. And I guess they like yeah. went into the editing room and they're like, wow, this is dumb. Like, And then so they reshot that opening scene. So that whole thing with the hermit is like something they shot after the original production had ended. And that was their idea to fix it? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. They thought that was why better. Don't, I don't- <laughs> why don't you just have Michael walk into the forest and then, oh, a year later, okay, he's been surviving. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to show him like recovering. Like that's yeah. that doesn't make Michael any more scary. 
<laughs> or go like the Friday the 13th route and literally have him just rise from the grave. And Halloween 5, I think, teeters the most on the whole thorn crap. Mm-hmm. Of like they're they just keep saying, oh, Michael is magical. Michael has this like curse. Michael can't die. But then they never like fully commit to that. <laughs> no. Ever. They never do anything fun with it. Like Yeah. Like fuck it. Like Friday the 13th, they had zombie Jason. Like, why not do yeah. zombie Michael Myers? Like, fuck it. Yeah, Jason literally his tomb gets struck by lightning and he just wakes up. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, no, no one cares. That's all you need. Fun. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, it's just because Halloween one is such a masterpiece, I just feel like there's like this artistic integrity they feel they need to meet. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to. No. Like the it's it's a it will it's a battle you can never win. Like it just won't happen. So yeah, meanwhile, while uh I guess Michael's in his weird hermit coma. Uh, Jamie, after attempting to murder her mom, she apparently didn't kill the mom, even though we never see the parents again. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. We don't um, really ever see them. <laughs> no. So they could have just had her kill it. I guess maybe they didn't want to make her that evil. Yeah. That would have made know. her too unrelatable. But I mean, to be fair, it's like, oh, it's a kid possessed by an evil spirit. So I don't feel that bad. Like, you know, it's like. Yeah, it's not her fault. It wasn't really her, you know. Yeah, but she is in the, like, Haddonfield Sanitarium, and I guess she is de- now fully has psychic powers, and she can just straight up see what Michael sees whenever he's killing people. <laughs> and uh, Michael is just back to kill her, and that is the plot. Yeah. I think. The rest is all filler. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, if if you've thought his behavior in four was random, oh my god, this is like ultra yeah. super random. Like Michael does things in five that are like have no rationale to his objective. Yeah, because majority of the film, well, we're introduced to Rachel again. Rachel's alive. Rachel's mm-hmm. um taking care of Jamie. She visits her every day in the hospital, and then she is immediately killed. Yeah. Uh, and then we follow her friend, which we're introduced to in four, and then they never use her again in four. <laughs> She's just like in one scene when they're driving. Yeah. Her friend Tina, who we follow through most of the movie, <laughs> which I think we kind of figured it out where Michael is going after Tina because Jamie knows Michael's going after Tina. So then Jamie escapes her the like <laughs> asylum to go after tina so therefore if he kills tina jamie will be there yeah he just knows that somehow he just knows that somehow <laughs> yeah, and it's so bizarre because like another problem that four presents is that michael is able to take out an entire police station full of cops kill them all oh yeah eviscerate all of them yeah why couldn't he just walk into the hospital and kill them all I know you could, and you could say it's like because I guess he did, he might not know where she is, but he knows everything of now apparently. Yeah, that's the thing. He's like apparently an all-knowing, omnipotent being. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this one is majority. I would say the bulk of this movie. There's like forty minutes of just Tina and her friends just going around while Michael stalks them. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and Loomis is harassing poor Jamie. <laughs> 
But I had I have a funny story about that as well because okay. I, I had a um, interview with um, Daniel Harris who plays the uh, the child Jamie in four and five. Yeah. Um, and she was saying that it was so funny to me because she would describe like the people who played Michael Myers and she's like, oh, they were so nice. Like every step of the way, they like took their mask off and let me know that like I'm not, they're not like mm-hmm. r- really out to get me. Like this is all like pretend. Like they're really nice. And then she, she, she was talking about Loomis and she's like, yeah, I was afraid of him sometimes. Like legitimately <laughs> afraid. <laughs> and we would always joke that it seemed like she was more afraid of Loomis than Michael. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially in the climax of the film, Loomis grabs Jamie and he's like, come and get her, Michael. <laughs> I have her for you, Michael. Yeah, because she was saying like, it's like when you have Donald Pleasance like screaming and yelling at you in your face. It's like yeah. it's not a very fun thing as a kid. <laughs> I'm sure it's very scary. No, yeah. Especially he's like grabbing her and shaking her. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, Are you gonna help me or not, Jamie? <laughs> and yeah, and he's always asking her, he's like, You gotta help me, but then never tells her what to do. <laughs> yeah. I guess he's like trying to shake the visions out of her. I don't know what that was supposed to be. It's like it like he's acting like she's like acting not like against everybody like she like she's working with michael or something yeah like why would she be doing that she seems to be trying to stop him like uh, it's so weird and this is when we entirely i feel like lose loomis's motives of mm-hmm. you're not even sure because now he's talking about breaking the curse and he doesn't know what it is either <laughs> and we haven't even mentioned the cowboy man oh god yeah yeah. Who is seen throughout the film. We never see him fully, mm-hmm. but we only see like his cowboy boots, his trench coat, his hand, which has the same runic symbol on the wrist as Michael. <laughs> um, and then I guess that just plays into six entirely. Yeah, which I I actually that was one of the questions the interviewees asked a lot of the people involved with five because they were mm-hmm. like, "What's up with the the guy with in black with the cowboy boots?" Right, and like no one knew. No, like, <laughs> no one knew. Like Daniel Harris was like, "Oh yeah, I have no idea. You're gonna have to ask Mustafa, who's the producer on like most Halloween movies, until he died." Like, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "Um, yeah, I don't think. I think we were trying to, gonna have to try to figure that out in six. I think we were like, let's just set it up now and figure it out later." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> let's just figure out the most iconic like background to this like iconic character. We'll just figure it out later. Yeah, exactly. And like the only like possible explanation that you got is the guy who played Michael in five was saying how he would actually play the man in black in some scenes. So okay. and apparently he uh, it was the idea was tossed around at one point that the man in black would be Michael's twin brother. <laughs> oh fuck that! That's so stupid. I know. <laughs> That'd be awesome though. Can you imagine Michael in a hallway, like about to kill like Jamie, and then just a clone of him comes out? Yeah. <laughs> He's dressed the exact same way. He just yeah. takes off like the black cloak, and it's like a mechanic's it's suit. The mechanic suit with the mask. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny that like this. Uh, a lot of this movie, it sounded like from the cast and crew was like the director who i guess was like a first time like french director okay. mm-hmm. like they were like rewriting things like the day they were shooting them so like oh, actors would be preparing for scenes but then when they get there the scene is completely different from what they're about to shoot they're really like second guessing themselves like every step of the way and it, it, it makes sense of like, a lot of the terrible dialogue yeah oh yeah like you you can tell it's like some 
foreign dude trying to replicate like what American teens sound like. And like the weird buddy cop group that has the slide <laughs> yeah. whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which they never elaborate on. No. They and they never commit to the bit. Mm-mm. Yeah, if you're gonna do something Either. like that, you really need to like go full in, not like just step, dip your toes in like they did. <laughs> and that's the problem with all of this is they just dip their toes and they never commit to anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I I know I was reading that I guess um, five made no money, like it made less money than Halloween three. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that's why it took them so long to do Halloween six. Oh, yeah, because Halloween 6 is, like, years later. And that's why there was so much pressure to try to make sense of 5. I see. Because they were like, maybe people will like it if they know what's going on. <laughs> but but 5 is just a, an amalgamation of scenes. Yeah, it's there's no, like, plot. There's nothing to care about. Like, characters just seem like they're moving aimlessly. Right. Until it reaches the climax, where Loomis had this master plan. <laughs> and, like... Michael had set up a coffin for Jamie. Oh, I forgot house, about that. Apparently. Oh my god. Yeah, and Loomis totally just sacrifices like the sheriff. <laughs> and then he like uses Jamie as bait and they capture Michael in a net and Loomis beats him with a two by four very lazily. <laughs> and then that's how they catch him, I guess. <laughs> it's so and, bizarre. And it ends with the cowboy man just shooting up the police station and blowing it up and letting Michael out and that's the ending. It's just it really it feels it's like an amalgamation of ideas that no one was sure about. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they like everyone wrote what they wanted the movie to be about and they just sprinkled a little bit in of each. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which makes sense because I think so, this movie has the most writers attributed to it than any other oh, Halloween. God. Well, probably because they had to attribute all the people that would just rewrite on the set. For, yeah, absolutely. The boot mic guy just filling in the script. Like, oh, hey, good, you get writer credits now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into, I think, the star the of these star. three. Yeah. Um, and this is definitely, I think, the most perplexing to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of stuff, especially of Loomis's character. Everything that happens in Six, The Curse of Michael Myers, just feels like it's happening only because the writers say it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing feels too natural. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the base plot of Six is that Danielle Harris, uh, Jamie, is captured and she's pregnant. I don't. We don't know if she was already pregnant or if they impregnated her. Mm-hmm. Um, which also, if they want Michael to kill her, why kill this bloodline? Why are they having her have the baby? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) Cause the whole point is they're using Michael to kill the bloodline. Right. Why would you? And like the doctors were like, oh, let's save the baby. (laughs) So what's going on there? That's, that's Um, what I don't get. Like, Okay. Like, it's fine, whatever. I can deal with the fact that Michael's killing his family. But, like, what is the goal? Why is he doing that? I, I That well, was never clear they, to me. They had one line of dialogue of saying that basically it's like a pagan thing where one person is, like, cursed and they have to kill their bloodline. Like, they sacrifice one bloodline to the gods in order to, like, prevent others from dying. So, like, if they don't do that, uh, their gods will kill everyone. 
So in that essence, Michael is the hero. Yeah, I was going to say, he just so he's the hero of our story. But it's so weird because they never do, like, you know how, like, uh, like cults in movies, if they're bad, they're always, like, they have, like, the hero complex of, like, we're doing all this evil shit to save you. Mm-hmm. We're just, ends justify the means, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't in this. No. At all. No. Yeah, so um, Jamie uh, escapes with the help of, like, a doctor for some reason. And then she is killed, but she tricks Michael and leaves her baby in a gas station. And then we jump to our main character, I guess, who is now just living in the Strode house. (laughs) And she's watched by Paul Rudd, which we find out is Tommy Doyle for some reason. Yeah. And Tommy Doyle has just been obsessed with Michael and trying to figure it out. And he's connected to, like, the thorn. Like, he's put the pieces together. But we would realize, like, if he was this invested, where was he in 4 and 5? Yeah, because he, he's literally, like, living across the street. Yeah. <laughs> and he's so invested in stopping Michael. <laughs> where were you, Paul Rudd? <laughs> but, so so Paul Rudd finds the baby... And meets Loomis. And I don't know what their objective was. <laughs> to stop Michael? I, I guess. <laughs> to stop the cults? And and again, this is where Loomis' character does a complete 180. Mm-hmm. Where it starts with Loomis being retired. Even yeah. though he's fully aware Michael is out there. Yeah, and he stole, like, this child that he seemed to have, like, a connection with, like, Jamie. Yeah. So it's like, why wouldn't he, like, still be out there looking for them? Right. And it's not until Jamie, like, dies that Loomis is like, okay, I'm back in the game. (laughs) But it just just doesn't make sense for Loomis to retire. No. The fact that he's, like, murdered for this. I, I would understand if they went the route of him maybe just giving up, like just becoming a sad drunk or something. Right. Yeah, that would make sense to me. But it seems like he's like happy. He's like, yeah, he's like finally happy. Right. It's, that's what's bizarre about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. But then Michael or Loomis joins up the fight with Paul Rudd and this woman <laughs> who also her woman, this woman, I've, I don't even remember her name. Um. Kara, I think. Kara Strode? Kara, yeah. Um, and also her dad is the biggest dick in TV history <laughs> or movie history. Um, I will I will give six credit. Of the four, five, and six, six has the best kills. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, they, act, they got that right. <laughs> Which and did... I mean, we noticed um, the influence. So this came out, I think, after Scream. Yeah. And we noticed a heavy influence of Scream. Mm-hmm. In here, there's a lot of like, especially with the radio host character that's in this. There's like yeah. a lot of like meta commentary about like Haddonfield and Michael, but none of it is witty like Scream. No, all of it is just like I don't know, very plain and like not funny. It's just like, <laughs> haha, you're scared because a guy killed a bunch of people years ago, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> yeah, and and we we're trying to figure out. There's like this subplot of people protesting. Or there's a cause to make people believe in Michael Myers? Yeah. Uh, I never understood that. Me neither. 
Uh, I I think it was like to say like, hey, just to let you know, he's still out there. They never found a body. <laughs> but like, why would you be like protesting? I don't know. Yeah, unless my 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 assumption was that they were like, because the cops and no one was doing anything. Like he's still out there. You got to go get him. Yeah. But like, they don't ever explain that. Like you just see them in the background of scenes, and you're like, what is that? Yeah. Why are people protesting? Yeah, there's just like a sign that says like Michael Myers is real. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, what does that okay. mean? <laughs> so I mean, a lot of this movie is just Paul Rudd and Kara having the baby and Michael trying to get it. Yeah, it's like literally just chase scene after chase scene. Yeah, and I mean, we pointed this out, and this is especially true in five, five and six. Majority of the movies are just someone walking in a hallway scared. <laughs> And that is it. For no reason, really. For no reason. Like like when the mom is just home alone and she's like terrified for some reason. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like Michael's not even in the house. <laughs> like as an audience, we don't even know. <laughs> yeah. We literally don't. Oh yeah, and then Loomis comes in. Yeah, Remember and that? Loomis comes in. Yeah. He's like in their house for some reason. And yeah, he's like, he's, like, oh, yeah I'm busted here. in. I'm here to help you. Yeah, and she's like, who are you? And he's like, no time to explain. <laughs> yeah. And no other scenes between those two characters. No. Lewis just pops in and he says that and no reason to show him there, I guess. That is all of Loomis's point in this movie. He just pops in. I assume because <laughs> Donald Pleasance is very old. This was his last film. So I assume he probably wasn't in the best health. But he seems very oh, yeah. underutilized. Yeah. I mean, I was, lis- I was listening to a guy talk. He was like... I think a production assistant like but he was basically tasked with like babysitting a donald pleasance okay and like he would like kind of like talk to him and like kind of like gauge where his energy was at for the day Mm -hmm. and he was saying like he could get like four to five hours of like good work out of him and the rest of the day had to be like walking or like running scenes so like because when they tried to shoot i guess dialogue scenes like it, it didn't he didn't do as well because he's just so old and weak at that point. That's sad. It like the impression I really got from a lot of the behind the scenes people, like they all loved the guy. Like no one had really a bad word to say about him. No. Yeah. That's what the kind of vibe I got. One story I remember specifically, it was Daniel Harris talking about him. And she, he was saying how when they were on set for like four and five, like they would have like a trailer that was basically they like packed like her that Billy kid and then another child yeah. actor on the same trailer so that they had to like share that. But then Donald Pleasance had his own like huge trailer. Right. And so for each movie, I guess he was only on set for like just a week because he, mm-hmm. he, he couldn't do more than that. So like, but when he left, he would always give his trailer to Daniel Harris and he would oh, say to everybody nice. like, do not tear this down. Like, don't get rid of this trailer. Yeah. Like, she is the star of the movie. Like, she deserves to be in there. Aw, that's so nice. Like, yeah, he did some really cool things. But then also Daniel Harris had some funny observations. Like, whenever he's like yelling in her face, he mm-hmm. she could smell like this certain smell on his breath. And then she was like, now as an adult, I know it was brandy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, he just seemed like such a great guy and he seemed like he loved playing this character and he would always like step up, step up to the plate. If his character was in it, he was there. In the Halloween too, like the director was even like, like Donald Pleasance, like no matter what the script is, he just gave it his all. Mm -hmm. Like he was always bringing like a hundred percent. Right. And I think that's what makes him such a great like character actor. 
Mm-hmm. Like, even like Nicolas Cage, I feel is the same way. Oh, yeah. Like, they will always just bring high energy. They'll they'll always do it, no matter what it is. <laughs> and that's awesome. Yeah, you gotta respect that. He's a true professional. Like, Definitely, for um, 4, 5, and 6 would be a lot less entertaining without Loomis. Oh, God, yeah. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> that would be even worse somehow. <laughs> yeah, we don't have our funny old man to yell at people. <laughs> And talking weird metaphors. <laughs> well, let's get into kind of the endings. Yeah. We okay, so we watched the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. And the theatrical cut ends with them going to the hospital, and Michael for some reason kills all the thorn people <laughs> that were about to kill the baby. And it's not explained why. It's not explained why, because the idea was that Michael is controlled by these people. Right. So it doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> so Paul Rudd and Kara inject Michael with green juice that we're not even sure what it does, because it doesn't even seem to affect Michael at all. And and then he just bashes his skull in with a pipe. <laughs> and green and, juice and, is just squirting and, out of and him. And green juice is squirting out of his face for some reason. <laughs> But but the iconic ending of the theatrical cut is something that has been an inside joke between us, I, th- I think, since, like, high school. Is It ends with, for some reason, it does a hard cut to just Paul Rudd and Kara and the kid in the car. They're like, yeah. are you coming with us, Loomis? And he's like, I have business to attend to. And then it just shows Michael's mask in a syringe and you just hear Donald Pleasance go ah, 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 and then it fades to black and it just says in memory of Donald Pleasance and it is just the most unflattering thing you could do what's interesting is that it seems like because there's two cuts there's the theatrical cut which is what we watched and that is what everyone saw and then there's the producer's cut which came out later and it seems like the producer's cut was actually the real ending and the theatrical cut ending was the one that was all edited down. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough. <laughs> because the producer's cut, um, and I, I remember I watched a long time ago this like behind the scenes of um, the this Halloween, The Curse mm-hmm. of Michael Myers. And it was basically a constant war between the director and the producer. Yeah. And there was even moments where the producer would keep actors behind after everyone went home to take the equipment and film scenes. <laughs> and the director had no idea. That's awful. So the editing team would be getting input from the director and the producer. <laughs> like they're like they're like, "Hey, we have this footage. What do you want us to do with it?" And the director's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> I, I didn't make this. You know, and the producer's telling them to use it, but their boss is telling them not. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's two cuts. (laughs) And the producer cut is way more heavy on the Thorn stuff. Oh, yeah. It it goes all in with that. Yeah, because the the producer's cut has a car gets like taken and they're about to do a sacrifice. And they Paul Rudd traps Michael with runes. (laughs) And Michael can't move. And instead of just killing him, Paul Rudd just walks away. (laughs) And then the big bad guy who's that cowboy man who's like the leader of this cult comes to Michael. And he's like, Michael, they've trapped you. And then I guess for some reason, Michael and him swap. 
like <laughs> Michael subdues him somehow in the runes and changes clothes. Yeah, like what was up with and that? And Donald Pleasance, that's when Donald Pleasance goes, oh, I have business to attend to. And he he goes inside. And for some reason, he's like sad. He's like, oh, Michael, what have they done to you? <laughs> and then uh, it he like pulls off the mask and it turns out to be the cult guy and that's when you find out they switched and he like spreads the rune onto donald pleasance yeah they're like touching him so now loomis has the curse and it just shows michael walking away in like the cowboy suit as donald pleasance does like, <laughs> as he's screaming and the most unflattering scream oh and like I love Donald Pleasance, but like that was like really terrible acting. Like I, it's so dirty. Yeah, well, because that scream is and probably used from something entirely different. I would bet so. Yeah, I would bet because he did. I think I believe he died while they were filming. Yeah, it was like it was like in between. Like he finished the original shoot, I think. Oh, but, okay, but the reshoots. Yeah, the, when they did the reshoots, he was passed away by then. So like, there's a there's a lot of scenes in it where, like. Uh, I got the impression like that Loomis and like the other guy weren't talking to each other. Like that one scene with Wynn and Loomis in his office. Yeah. Like straight up, like Wynn, when they did the reshoots of that scene, he was talking to no one. So like oh, they just okay. edited in Loomis's scenes and made his dialogue fit with whatever Wynn was oh, saying. Okay. That makes sense. Cause sometimes we're just like, why are they talking? Yeah. It like made no sense. <laughs> And I mean, Halloween six, from my understanding, is fucks up the entire franchise because this is when they were like, there's no saving this. We're restarting it. Yeah. We're restarting the timeline. Yeah. And they had to do that like two more times. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. And I mean, I guess six, while five is boring, I guess six is entertaining in just like a dumbfounded way yeah where you're you're genuinely confused oh yeah like 90 percent of it you're just like what is going on and it, it has to do with like how chopped up it feels yeah and then also like them trying to like finally like answer all these questions that they've set up for two movies like with the runes and all that and it just real it really feels like them scrambling to do that and, yeah because it doesn't feel like it's anything constructive no it just feels like quickly. How can we answer all these questions? Uh, okay, movie's over. <laughs> but it doesn't like build onto anything. It doesn't set up anything. It doesn't introduce anything new. It's just schlock. Right, and the endings are like not cool at all. The rude one is so lame. Yeah, the rune one makes no it's sense. It's literally just Michael walking towards Paul Rudd, and then he just looks down. And he's like, "Okay, I guess I can't move now." <laughs> And then it's like, but how? Then how did Michael get out to like go and switch places with that guy? Yeah. And like, why did he strip his clothes? Even in the theatrical cut, they've set up that Michael Myers is unkillable. How is Paul Rudd able to bash his skull in? <laughs> you know, how does he just kill him with a pipe? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and and we never know what that green juice is. Maybe it's like Michael Myers cure or something. <laughs> Because we also notice they're in, like, a comedically sci-fi laboratory. Oh, yeah. It looks like something out of Power Rangers. Yeah, they, like, repurposed a set 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole movie just feels like it's stitched together from like a bunch of scenes of different movies. Yeah, like it makes a lot of sense what you were saying where it's like the producers and the director had like two totally different yeah. uh, visions. And, and no one was on board with any of them. Right. Yeah, n- n- not, none of them are fully committed to. So then it's like in post, they did their best to like like rearrange it in a way that made sense. <laughs> I almost like wish to see like the director's cut, even though I don't even think it exists because it's just the salvaged <laughs> cut of the movie. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard, it's like the the original script, like everyone was saying how awesome it, the, the original script was for six which I okay. I don't trust their judgment, I'll be honest with no. you. <laughs> so it would have been interesting to see what the original script would have been because apparently it was better and less like convoluted. Mm. Just I, I I think that the right decision was to reboot after this point, I'll be honest. It, oh. They should have rebooted it after 5. Uh yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> yeah, and I guess there was so much pressure on them to do make 6 successful. Mm-hmm. Because of how bad 5 did. <laughs> Both, like, commercially and, like, critically. Yeah. <laughs> and this is somehow even worse than Five. Yeah. Honestly. It, yeah. Meanwhile, like, they're just pumping out Jason X. Yeah. And people are loving it. And then they're just like, how can we fix this? <laughs> how can we fix this thing that no one wants? <laughs> Friday the 13th and Jason, they're like the Chad of the story. And yeah. then Michael Myers and Halloween, they're like the virgin. The virgin, you know? yeah. They're trying way too hard. The virgin um, cult storyline <laughs> versus the Chad who gives a shit. Yeah, Chad zombie Jason. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I would love to see if, if they just fully committed to Michael Myers being goofy. I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah. I I think one of the, one of the things I, that was interesting to me because... Apparently for six they had similar ideas like that we did where it's like let's up the camp let's up the goofiness of the kills like let's make it like really gory and cool they had apparently met with the Weinsteins because I guess they were involved with the production of Ooh. this one. Oh yeah so like him and um, one of the producers I'm going to assume, he didn't name who it was but I'm going to assume it was Mustafa Akkad because that guy yeah. is like has his hands in everything Halloween but mm-hmm. the effects guy went up with this producer to meet with the Weinsteins and then had the effects guy and the Weinsteins got along really well apparently and they're like oh yeah we can like make it like really up make it crazier like let's up mm-hmm. the gore let's like make it like more fun and then on the literally on the elevator ride down the producer said to the effects guy he's like we're not doing any of that okay oh my god <laughs> that's from the effects guy himself it was like it's just so crazy how like you can have like the the they can have two two such different ideas for how this movie should be made, and yeah. like still getting the movie made and out there, it's just crazy. It's so strange because like you can tell at least like the director was like, okay, let's change it. It clearly has not worked. No, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's just go campy. Let's just do what what Nightmare's doing. Let's just do what Friday the Thirteenth is doing. Mm-hmm. Let's just churn out these sequels. Have it be about kills and tits, you know? (laughs) But they're like, no, maybe we should just do the same convoluted thing that we've been doing, which has been costing us like a lot of money and no one likes our characters anymore. (laughs) I think think that's a better idea. That's a great idea. (laughs) 
honestly, from everything I've heard, it's like Mustafa Akkad is like the true villain of the Halloween franchise. He's a villain. Like, he, he just, like, brought it down. And the only reason it came back was because he died. I don't mean to speak ill oh. of the man, but... <laughs> Yikes. Because when he died, I think the first thing they tried was Rob Zombie's... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which I think, for both of us, I think is a breath of fresh air for this franchise. Yes. Well, it's not great. Yeah. It's, like, I, much better than... I'm going to argue. <laughs> I'll argue with that. I'm sure we will. Um, no, yeah. I mean, even H2O is fine. Oh, yeah. H2O. I like that H2O. Resurrection is a different story. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, I just realized essentially we just, like, uh, went over, like, how to kill a franchise. Yeah. Very slowly and over the course very, of a decade. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the reason why there was so much time in between all these sequels is because of just how poorly each one did. I think they, yeah, they had success with four, which is why they yeah. jumped on five like a year later, like so quickly. Mm-hmm. But then, like, five, it basically just killed all the momentum they had going because it did so badly, like critically yeah. and box office wise. Yeah, I mean, it made less than three. <laughs> Does it, did it really? That's yeah, sad apparent, as hell. I was reading it made less than three. That's why they were so hesitant to do six. Wow. That's why it took them like almost 10 years to do six good lord it's sad because the first one's just so good i know i mean honestly the first one makes up for all of it it's very similar to me with like texas chainsaw massacre (laughs) where it's like who gives a shit about the others the Mm -hmm. first one's so good i don't even care it is it's very comparable to that it is and you don't need to really watch the others that like to get what you can get out of the first one Mm -hmm. you know like, you can watch Halloween 1 just completely out of your mind of the thorn, that Lori's his sister, uh, <laughs> Michael having rage issues. Um, you can just watch the movie and you're like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to think about that other stuff. And it has the perfect ending. Doesn't need a sequel. Yeah. You don't need to Doesn't know what it. happens after that. It's like perfectly And that's spooky. exactly what John Carpenter told them. <laughs> He's like, no, I did. I did not write another movie. This is my story, and this is it. This is it's over. We don't need any more. I was trying to think of like, let's say you did want to make more Halloween sequels, right? Yes. Like, how would I have done it? And I, I legitimately think the way to have done it, if if you really want to bring Michael back for a movie, fine. Four, you can do that. But then I was thinking it could have been so much more interesting if they capitalized off that ending from four. And maybe uh-huh. they made Jamie the killer. Yeah, like, from I was thinking on. that too. Like, that could be cool. And, like, maybe, like, she has, like, some of, like, her innocence left inside and, like, her sister has to try to, like, reach that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I would go the route of just after the first one, Michael fucks off. Um, very <laughs> similar, like, Rob Zombies. Like, yeah. He just fucks off. But his connection with, like, Halloween night, like, his urges always come back. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like he's still a serial killer. He's not a weirdo, a supernatural entity. Yeah. Uh, it's just Halloween night. He strikes. You know. <laughs> That's it. That's it. He just yeah. wants to kill people. Right. You know. And as as the franchise goes down, you know, more people like get heightened, like more security in Haddonfield. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like ending Halloween, and all the kids are like, "No, we want our Halloween." <laughs> so what if he murdered people? You know. <laughs> I, would uh, watch I don't know, that. just something. Something mm-hmm. more, yeah, but something more campy, 
oh michael's back cool right you know give us give us our new final girl um, give us a cast of teenagers that are going to die. <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know, switch up the setting each one, you know, maybe make, oh, Haddonfield's having a homecoming on Halloween. It's in the school. You know, <laughs> oh, they're, they're camping out on Halloween night. There's like a party in the woods. Boom. <laughs> Look at this. I'm already writing them. You're making them right now. You got to go to Blumhouse making them right, now. right now and like see if Blumhouse. anyone's interested. Jason Blum, I can I can pump out these movies overnight. <laughs> yeah, and just just change his mask each time. Boom. Yeah, fuck it. Like it makes no sense why Michael would ha- would go for the same mask. Really, uh, that's that's another big flaw with all these movies is he just somehow gets the mask. Mm-hmm. It's fine in like tw- uh, like twenty eighteen and like kills because it's like brought to him. Right, yeah. So he's like, okay, sure. And he seems to specifically seek it out. Like, he has some connection with it that we don't really know. So it's like... Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like a like a remembrance of, like, a time, mm-hmm. you know? Because he mm-hmm. clearly doesn't care much, but, like, a, only about, like, that he cares about. Sure. And, I mean, even, like, Rob Zombies, like, in Halloween 2, he loses the mask, and then, like, he, he just finds it again. But he doesn't seek it. Mm-hmm. So that I think is much more in line than just Michael having to break into a Halloween store every movie to steal the mask <laughs> that they still for some reason sell. <laughs> oh God, this franchise is already breaking our brains. Well, I I'm happy we got through this. It was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Oh yeah. And I'm very sad we won't have any more Donald Pleasance. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, as we go through this franchise, although I do like the Loomis character in Rob Zombies, I do too. I think he's great he's, in that. He's much more grounded. Yeah, for sure. He's much more of a doctor. Yeah, not not a man with a gun. He's much more believable as a doctor than um, Donald Pleasance is. And you do actually see the connection between Michael and Loomis in the Rob Zombie ones, where I feel like in one it doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. okay, this has been his doctor for 20 years. Sure, fuck it, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he feels personally responsible. Michael is out uh, partly, I don't know, maybe it's, he didn't feel like he could fix him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's fine. You know, that's all you need. But these other ones, like, makes Loomis, like, feel so personally invested in him. Like, they have, but you never see any moments between them. No. Of, like, remember in therapy, Michael, when I showed you that. <laughs> picture of your sister or something i don't know you know yeah like, give us some personal connection between the two other than just loomis being a raving lunatic right it works for that one the first movie but beyond that you have to do something else with it like and the rob zombie ones do that at least i think there are even flashbacks to them in therapy right yeah there's a lot mm-hmm. um and it even shows loomis like trying to like treat michael uh, and Loomis turns like almost into a villain in the second one. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. He's like selling a book and shit, right? Yeah, he's just like he's basically cashing in on like the tragedy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see those for sure. We just got to get through Resurrection to get there. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, we got through this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is probably the worst stretch, honestly. Yeah, we we got through it. <laughs> And and it helped. We did watch these together, so that was a ton of fun. 
Oh yeah, it was like it was just so much fun just laughing and making jokes during it. Like it's just hilarious. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. Um we also need to one last thing. Michael's mask in six is terrible. <laughs> it's like too big for him. It's bad. It's not even like tucked in. It feel, like we said at one point it makes his neck look really long because it's clearly like not on his head right. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like flapping around. Like they didn't even yeah. like fasten it down or glue it down to the his face. It's like yeah, how do you it's fuck like not even like bad? tucked in. It's like over his collar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I I don't think it gets much better, especially in like Resurrection and H two O. Oh no, definitely not. Because I argue I think like H two O and six maybe have the worst mask. Yeah, for different reasons too. It's like they for they, different they can reasons. never get it right. Uh, like I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, like one and two, they got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and six's hair is all over the place too. It's like sticking <laughs> out. Yeah, it's like up. Yeah, I forgot about that. And there's like a lot of unflattering shots of Michael. <laughs> oh my god, the part where he's like jogging when they're in the hallway, <laughs> oh, chasing after Paul Rudd. Oh my and like, god, yeah. Michael goes into a brisk jog. <laughs> That was ridiculous. Uh, I forgot about that. There, I mean, I know a lot of people are um, very, I think, blinded by the Halloween franchise where their love for Michael Myers, like, it doesn't care. Like, mm-hmm. they can watch anything. Right. Uh, but I think for people like us that watch it from a bit more critical standpoint, there's a lot of fun to be had <laughs> with six. <laughs> definitely <laughs> and that's the only reason like i would recommend it yeah because it, it's fun to just make fun of it like yeah and it's just so bizarre that's mm-hmm. that's it, it like yeah. from a movie making standpoint it is so strange like I, I would legitimately watch a movie about the making of this movie oh yeah because it, it's just so off the wall and weird like we, I was, we were trying to think of another movie that's had a producer's cut like, yeah, we couldn't. I can't think of any other movie in the history of the world. <laughs> like, yeah, where the producer's like, I'm the director now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's worth it just for that, honestly. Just one time. We can agree that four, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's serviceable. It does its job. It It is, I wouldn't say a breath of fresh air, but it does something at least different. <laughs> and it pays off. <laughs> Uh, five is just a slog. Oh god, yeah. I don't have a lot of good things to say about five. <laughs> it, it's it's not even like fun. It's just no. very boring. There's not even any like uh, some stuff you could laugh at really. No, it, it's just like stupid. And then six is just really only a good time if you have friends or you're drunk. <laughs> I think that's it. Very true. <laughs> I wish I was drunk watching these. Yeah, we should have just got completely hammered. Yeah. <laughs> and then recorded immediately after. Oh, God. <laughs> while we're just gone. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That hey, maybe be. if we ever do Hellraiser, we'll have to get hammered when we go through those. I feel like I'd have to. The later ones. Because those some of those get so terrible looking. Like, oh, oh my yeah. God. I'm looking forward to it. this. Um, 
You know what? I'm going to ask you at the end of this if you feel the same way to Michael as you do with Leatherface <laughs> after watching that entire franchise. <laughs> I'm getting there. Let me tell you. I really? I think Resurrection is going to push me over the edge. I'm heightened. Are you? I love that goofy guy. <laughs> When he pops up, like you were saying, like it'd be so funny if we did like a like midnight showings of like Halloween six with like Michael shows up and people are like, yeah, like cheering. (laughs) Donald Pleasant says something like batshit crazy and everyone's like, whoa, yeah, he's not human. Yeah. For the 10th time. (laughs) I tell you, that is not a man. You cannot kill him with bullets. He's not human. And then I love when they're just like, oh, what is he then? I don't know, but I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Some kind of runes or something. I'm not sure. I don't think anyone who's writing, who's writing this knows. Yeah, no one's really told me how to kill him. I'm just kind of... <laughs> I think maybe if I just walk around Haddonfield for a couple hours. <laughs> maybe maybe go back to Meyer's house. St- yeah, sit around yes. there for a while. Meyer's house. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. I have something to do there. <laughs> I, I, I like to imagine just like when Loomis goes in, it's like uh, like in Pulp Fiction when John Travolta comes in. Oh, yeah. He's just like looking around. Yeah. What the hell? He's not here. <laughs> this is his house. <laughs> just like Loomis sitting on the floor, like just playing solitaire or something, waiting for Michael to show up. Honestly, that's like my one criticism of the first one is... Like, they don't really know what to do with Loomis at a certain point, so he, he's just, like, yeah. s- sitting around in Meyer's house for, like, half yeah. the movie. <laughs> and he, he always says the same thing in 4 and 5, and it is never true. It never happens, Loomis, where he's just like, <laughs> he will return to his house. <laughs> never does. He never does. <laughs> and then Loomis shows up at where Michael is, because he's like, he never showed up at his house, so I'm here. Oh, there's Michael. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Loomis needs to, he needs to reverse engineer his logic a bit. Maybe go to some place yeah. that you, you wouldn't expect Michael to be at. Then he'll be there. <laughs> I'm going to go to the local ice cream shop and get two scoops. <laughs> Maybe I'll see Michael there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, that, that wraps up uh, this timeline. We finished a timeline. Thank God. The worst one, probably. It. One timeline, um, two more to go? Three. Three more to go. Three. Yeah, unfortunately, three. More to go. three. Luckily, only two movies in each. <laughs> yes, thank God. <laughs> hey, we can only go up from here. It's true. I'm legitimately excited to watch H2O and the Rob Zombie ones again. Those will be, that, those will be fun to watch. I, I hope you're ready for some in-depth discussion. On uh, Rob Zombie? On Rob Zombie. Oh, God. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. ready. You better put up your fists. (laughs) We're going to have an intellectual brawl. Yeah. Intellectual conversation. (laughs) The Chad... uh, No, the the Virgin Six Enjoyer. The Chad (laughs) Rob Zombie. (laughs) That's us. All right. Well, um, thank you for listening to us just um, ramble about our perplexity of this timeline and trying to piece it all together, if you will. Yeah. And I think we've come to the conclusion that we don't know and there's no answer. That's just how we're going to have to live with it. (laughs) So thank you all for listening and we will see you next time.